It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's The Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or maybe 100.3 FM. And uh, big news, next week, next Saturday, we'll be broadcasting live from Auto Toys in Randolph. Remember, we always go there right around the Christmas season, and uh, Auto Toys... Every time I'm there, all they're doing is selling remote starters, remote starters. And uh, it's kind of nice that uh, Dave, who owns the place, um, has older remote starters in boxes all wrapped up. So when you go buy one, it comes all wrapped, and then they you open it up, and it says, oh, remote starter. But it doesn't really work, or it doesn't. it isn't the one you get. The one you get actually is modern and up-to-date. But this just gives you something to open on Christmas. So it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, and it comes with installation. So so we'll be there next Saturday uh, uh, having some fun there. But speaking of things like remote starters and other accessories and Christmas things, we have, well, I'm not quite sure how this how this happens. Uh, you know, Richard Rayner from Car ID, uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, we, you know, we get a guest on once in a while, and sometimes they're silly enough to come back a second time. Richard, you've been back like four times now. I don't know what's going on. Something about your accent, John. Good morning is, to you. Is that is that what it is? It's it's uh, uh, it, it it can't be. You feel like you're at home. I know that. So you, you and I are out to prove that a guy from New York and a guy from Boston can indeed get along. That, that's right. That's right. You know, we, you know, we won't, we won't talk about sports, you know, and we'll just, uh, we'll, no. yeah, well, it's, it's kind of tough too, because, um, the, the AAA auto club that I work for, um, during, during the week also is AAA New York. So, you know, uh, my, my coworkers in New York and I tend to have, tend to have some issues every once in a while, but. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, great to be back with you. It really is. Well, thanks. Um, hey, it's that it's that time of year. In fact, uh, one of my coworkers here recently um, had a uh, had a had a, a friend who they described as a as a big gearhead kind of guy, and he did them a favor, and and they said, what can, what can I what can I do for them? What can I get for them? And I said, well, you know. Depending if you don't know what they want, you know, first place to start, you know, go on um, your website, Car ID, and go look, and maybe there's something that pops right out that the person would want. Um, they, I guess, they had a, uh, a late '60s Chevy or something. They said, I said, there's uh, there's plenty of stuff that you can that you can get if you're if you're interested, and uh, tell us a little bit about the Car ID site and the kind of stuff that's on it. Well, CarID.com, John, is your uh, it's your one-stop online shopping stop for everything automotive, and that includes uh, interior and exterior accessories, wheels and tires, all kinds of lighting, um, performance and horsepower upgrades, and, and of course, repair parts. If you need uh, something to get the car back on the road, whether it's mechanical or body part, uh, we have that. 
when it comes to gift giving, what you just reminded me of, and what I, I do like about our website, John, is that there are what we call the universal parts and accessories that work for any vehicle, and then there are all the things that are year, make, and model specific. So if you're really stuck for a gift, there are categories like uh, tools and like car care kits with waxes and uh, glass cleaners and, and interior shampoos. And then if you've got an old uh, uh, vehicle like that Chevy that you named, which sounds really neat, all kinds of performance stuff that we carry for a vehicle. So we've got stuff that fits vehicles that are brand new right out of the showroom and stuff that fits cars that are 50 years old. Um, do, you, do you guys have gift cards? We do. Yeah, and so you mentioned that. You know, there, there's there's a universal gift right there. Absolutely, you get them in all different kinds of denominations. Uh, I've said to friends too. I said, hey, go to our website, print out something that you would like to get for as a Christmas gift, and leave it in a uh, conspicuous place, and and just give somebody the big hint that way. Yeah, that yeah, not not a bad idea. What kind of what kind of things are people buying these days? Are is there? Uh, I know you. I know you uh, kind of review what people are ordering these days. Is there something that people are ordering that sort of maybe either surprises you that uh, uh, because it's uh, kind of like a quirky novelty, or that or that maybe you know people want to say, hey, look, I want to try to get my eight-year-old car as up-to-date as possible, so I want the latest lighting technology and, you know, that type of thing. Sure. Uh, John, that, that is one of the big uh, hot categories for us is the uh, line of accessories that will make your older car look and act more like a newer car. So electronics, things like backup cameras, we're selling like crazy. Mm. Now, both my wife's car and my car, which are each only a couple of years old, have a backup camera. But when I get into somebody else's car that doesn't have one, it's like one of these things now you've gotten so used to it, you put the car in reverse, you expect that rear image to pop up. So you can add that, and they're not expensive, and they're fairly easy to install. That's a big seller. You mentioned lighting. Uh, LED headlight bulb upgrades are affordable. They're easy to install. They give you much better uh, lighting, which you need at night, especially in the winter as well as the uh, LED uh, uh, DRLs, mm-hmm. the, uh, the daytime uh, running lights, which all the modern cars have. If you have a vehicle that does not have that, uh, those things are really flying off our electronic shelves also. Yeah, it, it's interesting that, you know, we did some studies at work that showed that the majority of vehicles when they're, and, and new vehicles, vehicles in the last two years, when their low beam lights are on, they don't make enough light if you're going at speeds above 45 miles an hour. So sometimes a good quality, and that's and that's kind of the trick. You want to make sure you get a good quality LED light that is going to be brighter, more focused, uh, and uh, not cause any problems. Because some of the, you look at some of these cheaper ones, and they can, you, all of a sudden you, you get a, a light warning because it, it draws less current than the standard light does, and it turns on a uh, it turns on a, a, a service light in your car, so you have to make sure you get the right ones. But you can really improve the sort of overall, overall not just look at the car, but the overall safety of the car by being able to light up the road a little bit further down the road so you can see where you're going. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it, it really becomes a safety issue. Uh, again, we've got uh, shorter days, longer nights in the winter. 
uh, where I live in suburban slash rural New Jersey, we've got a deer problem here that's not unique here. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, the lighting, the good lighting can make a difference between uh, uh, getting home safely and not. So uh, strongly recommend that people look into that as a uh, accessory purchase. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And, and some of the things you can do to a car, and I saw, I saw this not too long ago. Somebody had an older, I think it might have been a Ford pickup truck, and it was kind of beat up looking, and it, uh, it, uh, the headlights were all tired and, and all frosted from age, and the grill was, you know, it used to be chrome or aluminum, was just all beat up. And it's amazing what you can do by spending, you know, maybe, uh, you know, under $1,000 to buy, buy a replacement grill and some new headlights and a few little accessories for the car and take that car from, you know, an old, tired-looking pickup truck to something that looks pretty nice and new again. Yeah, absolutely. And all that stuff's available at our website. Yep. And it, it's really, well, one thing I want to point out about that too, and you made a great comment there, John, a lot of that stuff is really designed for the DIY guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if you haven't wrenched on your own car before, replacing a set of headlamp assemblies and a grill, if you take your time and, and approach it methodically, uh, it's something that you can do in your own driveway or in your own garage. And I, I'm not encouraging somebody who, simply doesn't want to do it to, to go ahead and do it but if you want to dip your toe into the start of doing some of your own wrenching on your own vehicle mm-hmm. that's a great place to start and if you don't have the tools by the way guys and gals we sell all kinds of uh, beginner's toolkits. Uh, those have become very affordable so uh, that's another great idea uh, as a as a gift for the holidays as a as a starter toolkit. Yeah, I was I was just clicked on your website and I was looking at auto body parts, mirrors, headlights, taillights, bumpers, and then you know you can get crazy here, you know fenders, fenders and doors. But if you wanted to just take a a tired you know a tired looking vehicle and maybe add a new bumper, some new headlights, uh, and a new grill, uh, that can that can make a real difference in the appearance of the vehicle. And you know you know sometimes when you make your your vehicle look a little bit better, you're you're more tempted to say, you know what, I think I'm going to hold on to it. And why why you know it looks good now. Why should I why should I just uh, move it move on and move on to something else when for a little bit of money I can I can get it to look better again. Exactly, and let's not forget with headlights, as you know, the uh, plastic lens assembly tends to become opaque over time. And that greatly diminishes light output. Now, you can try doing a headlight restoration kit, and we sell those where you polish the plastic and bring back some of the clarity. Mm-hmm. And, and those, are, those are pretty good. I do have to say that's not a permanent solution. Eventually, that plastic will start to uh, uh, frost over again. Mm-hmm. But maybe in the short term, uh, as a less expensive approach, somebody can try that. But again, a good reason to consider... A new set of headlamp assemblies is to restore that uh, optic clarity that you get with a crystal clear lens. Combine that with high output LED headlamps, and you're really going to be lighting up the road at night. Yeah, you really are. And and, and the same kind of thing. Uh, studies that we showed that uh, depending on how bad the headlights are clouded up, you know, you can you can lose 80 percent of your headlight intensity because of the discoloration of the headlights and and uh, you know replacing them. You know, trying to clean them up 
uh, clean them up might get you through your annual state inspection. It might be good enough. But if you plan on holding on to the car, you know, spending some money to replace them, you'll get you'll get a lot better look. One of one of my one of my neighbors uh, had a uh, old uh, Ford Escape, and I. Yeah. Uh, he kind of comes and goes with it a little bit. And I looked at it one day. I said, I said, Kenny, what'd you, what'd you do to that? He said, Oh, I had the headlights replaced. I said, you know, you, you, you took it from, uh, looking old to looking pretty good again. You know, so it is amazing. It is amazing what you can do. And he, and as he pointed out, now he can actually see where he's going when he drives at night. So it will, you know, will make, it will make a lot of difference. And, um, and you know, what's, what's nice on your site is your site really is a, one-stop shop there uh, there doesn't seem to be anything you don't have on there uh we we really do try to cover it all uh another big category that's really big for us has been performance you know with all this talk and 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 i think it's good we're going in the direction as an industry electrification and better fuel economy and we know full autonomy is coming down the road but john performance is still king in this country we sell turbochargers, superchargers, uh, big brake kits to help you stop if you add all that extra horsepower. Uh, these things continue to be big sellers, and people like the idea of being able to take their car, whether it's new or old, and they really personalize it, something that uh, we enjoy. I mean, I get a personal enjoyment as an enthusiast myself at watching people uh, treat their car as something that they can turn into a unique signature for themselves. So it's not just about, yeah, now I just added 100 horsepower and bigger wheels, but now I really made my car stand out, even if it's in the mall parking lot, whether I go to a local cruise night, uh, my car is identifiable. And we know from talking to our customers, people really relate to that concept. And it's it's oddly enough, I, and maybe only odd because I guess I've never noticed before. It's not just cars and trucks. I could buy I could buy a new boat motor for my if I wanted if I had a boat. We, we've expanded. <laughs> so now we've got motorcycle ID, power sports ID, uh, boat ID, and this is a probably the biggest one is the camper ID uh, website. Americans continue to utilize the outdoors. Were you at SEMA, John, or anybody you know was out at SEMA? Uh, I know a lot of people at, at SEMA. I was not. You were not. I was not there, but some colleagues of mine were, and they came back to report that uh, what's called uh, this overlanding concept, where you pack up your car with all the, your truck, excuse me, with all this uh, camping gear, and set out for a destination with the idea that you're going to spend overnights in the great outdoors uh, maybe you and I, uh, as East Coast guys, don't see that as much. But seriously, yeah. that has really become countrywide, has become a, a growing trend. Yeah, no, um, I I have seen uh, there was a uh, uh, there was a uh, Toyota 4Runner that was in the local press fleet here that actually had a tent system that was up on the roof. So they had a little fold-down ladder, and you climb up on the roof, and you were actually tent camping up on the roof of the forerunner that way i guess the bears weren't going to get you or something but you were up off the ground which was kind of nice and last weekend we had a uh, uh, a friend of my producer dennis's um who who has for the last two years lived in a uh, 3500 series uh ram van and i'm still not quite sure how he 
he, he he's kind of he was kind of he's kind of an interesting guy, Josh Josh the Burge, who uh, went from uh, uh, a younger guy went from living in an oceanfront condo in Miami, driving a Maserati, having a pretty extensive uh, luxury watch collection, to now he lives in a van and uh, and travels the country and but some of the photos he publishes of fantastic areas in the country which i have never been to uh you know my idea of going to the country is uh you know maybe going to your neighborhood in new jersey (laughs) nothing speaks to me to the success of the aftermarket in these various categories like watching the oe vehicle manufacturers also try to get a piece of the pie so you go to a new car show and you'll see the major brands and they've got uh tents that they have made uh, optional that they want you to buy from them. And again, uh, they recognize the, the size and the importance and the impact of what the aftermarket has brought to car enthusiasts, as well as people who aren't enthusiasts who just want to take maximum advantage of what their vehicles can do and where they can go with their cars. And I think the competition is healthy, frankly. Mm. So uh, I welcome it, and it, uh, it just inspires the... Uh, the inventors and the engineers and the manufacturers out there uh, to bring us uh, bigger and better stuff all the time. Yeah, it really does. And when when you see the small companies that go to SEMA and they're basically just a company that's been building sort of – you know, whether it's a kind of a one-off accessory that they try to get marketed and they've been building, you know – 20 of them a week in their garage and they come out to SEMA and a bigger company goes, you know, that's not such a bad idea. And they start to talk and all of a sudden they start to market together. It's that kind of stuff that's great. And those products eventually, you know, may end up on your website. So uh, it all it all does work out as, as people look in this. And you said the high performance market. Yeah, you can, you know, whether it's the high performance because I'm old, I'll call it the import market still, or the high-performance, uh, more traditional market. But yeah, I, you can you can uh, add uh, turbochargers to Honda Civics, and you can add uh, you sure. can add uh, superchargers to your uh, latest greatest Corvette. One one thing that's been fun along those lines for me to watch. I I'm very much into the the classic car hobby. I go to a number of auctions here on the East Coast and so forth. But watching younger people in their, let's say, 20s and 30s, I guess they're millennials, mm-hmm. really start to adapt uh, and grow interest in some of these older school cars. Now, yep. yes, uh, as, as they say, uh, uh, people uh, who are 30, 35 years old, they want the cars uh, which they had posters of in their bedroom. So they maybe they want uh, their Toyota Supras and their their Mazda RX-7s and Mar, uh, Mazda yeah. RX-8s. But they're really looking at some of this older stuff, too, John Paul. Um, there is a growing interest with younger people in older Mustangs and older Camaros from the 60s and 70s. And they want these vehicles modernized, what's called a resto mod. Mm-hmm. So they like the body style. They like the that cool, smooth look. But they want modern horsepower under the hood. They want air conditioning. They want uh, uh, high-end stereos. A lot of that stuff we sell. So we are really catering to that market, too. And, again, it's just fun watching the growth of the industry 
as well as the hobby. The old car hobby is not dead, my friend. Yeah, no, it's 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 not at all. And uh, uh, before before we let you go, and this uh, this email. Uh, came in as a result of the column I do in the Boston Globe, and it's uh, from somebody by the name of Scott, and it says, quick question, I'll be leaving my 2012 Highlander in my garage for about four months while I winter in Florida. The battery was replaced three years ago. My garage is, is insulated but not heated. The garage has power outlets. Do you recommend a car, the car battery on some sort of trickle charger, and which kind do you recommend? And here's a, here's a place where you kind of look at your website and go, well, let's see. Uh, battery tender to keep the battery up to date. Uh, maybe buy some gas stabilizer to keep the gas from going bad. And, uh, you know, maybe some other accessories to make sure that when he comes back in four months, his Highlander is going to be uh, as good as new, right? Absolutely. And I, I want to recommend a car cover. Uh, I'll be very frank with you. Before I worked for Car ID, I did not believe in car covers. I thought potentially they did more damage than, than good. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at what we sell, and not just because we sell it, but you stick with a, with a, a name brand, uh, a well-known company that specializes in making car covers. These things protect the paint from dust. Uh, they're still breathable so that moisture does mm-hmm. not collect underneath. It can be the death of the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I cover both my cars that uh, winter in the garage, and they also provide some protection from uh you know, somebody may be uh, dragging a lawnmower or a bicycle in, in and out of the garage. So uh, they're not expensive, John. They're custom-made to, to fit the uh, contours of the vehicle exactly. And uh, they can be, uh, that can be money well spent for a vehicle that's spending the winter uh, hibernating. Hmm. So, uh, you know, mostly I'm just jealous, but, you know, that, you know, he's not going to be shoveling snow. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it is one of it is one of those things that uh, you can you can, you know, look at a few places and decide, Okay, uh, I can do a couple little things to the car. And what you describe putting a car cover on, uh, you know, adding a a float style charger like a battery tender, um, putting some, you know, gas stabilizer in. Uh, you know, little things like that require really no effort. And when you come back and you roll the car cover off of the car and it still looks clean and shiny the way you put it away versus covered with dust and dirt, um, it's uh, it's a lot, a lot more satisfying that way, too. Makes a big difference. And like you just said, the few minutes and the nominal amount of money you spend makes a difference between a car you can hop right in and drive when you come back to it versus a car that uh, you're calling AAA to, to tow to a service shop to get yeah. it uh, get things rectified. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before before we let you go, uh, what's kind of nice, too, about your, your website, and again, if you're sort of in that gift-giving mode, uh, you, can, you can almost... Uh, you know, just take, you know, whether it's a, a, a holiday party uh, grab gift or whether you want to do, you know, complete restoration, you can kind of pick and choose by price and make it nice and easy, too. Oh, yeah. You can sort everything by price. I mean, certainly a lot of the things that we just talked about, you and I, are are not expensive. There's great gift suggestions for under $100, even under $50. Uh, I like the car care kits, John, because that's a consumable. Yep. Everybody's going to eventually need to replace their their uh, solution for car wash, uh, their their glass cleaning stuff, uh, their polishes and waxes. So uh, maybe peek in your significant other's uh, garage or 
or tool shed and see what brand they like or try something new. But a lot of these companies now are packaging these things in, in like gift sets of, of three and four, uh, reasonably priced. And again, it's a consumable that everyone's going to need to replace and uh, replenish eventually anyway. So so let's see, if I buy a gift set that has some wax and car wash soap and a chamois and some glass cleaner in it, and then go to the liquor store and buy a gift set with a bottle of wine and two glasses in it, I've pretty much done my whole Christmas shopping, right? You're set for the winter, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Richard, thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday. Enjoy the holiday season coming up, and uh, well, maybe we'll talk to you after the first of the year. It's great to be on with you again, John, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Take care, Richard. That was Richard Rayner. He is kind of a technical guy at Car ID. He's the guy who actually tests out some of the products. He, he gets to go to all the car shows. He's got, uh, he's got a Mazda Miata that I've uh, stalked him and saw here and there that he enjoys driving. Uh, but Car ID, just, that, just what it sounds like, www carid.com uh, a nice place to go look even if you're not even if you're not really ready to buy but you're just looking for ideas maybe you're uh, you know maybe you have a car that uh, the exhaust is getting tired on it but you're going to keep the car for a while and you're like maybe I'd like it with a little louder sounding exhaust you know I'm looking out in the parking lot here and what would I put a louder exhaust on maybe that Volkswagen Jetta that's out in the parking lot um, but just kind of you know probably not that Chevy Spark over there, but you never know. You never know. Uh, so there is all kinds of there is all kinds of uh, um, parts and accessories to look at. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills? My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. If you have a car question, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 3030 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. We have open lines at 617-770-3030, I wish I knew what song that was. That sounds like a good groove. Ask, uh, ask uh, Siri to name that tune. Yeah, maybe maybe next time I'll get the, um, I'll do that. It's almost time for the, it's almost time to find my Christmas car songs. I think I have them. Do you? I All think right. so. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk to our buddy Paul and Braintree. Paul. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, uh, I was just on uh, Car ID to see if they have anything or, uh, that I was looking for. Uh, I almost got wiped out by a deer on uh, here in, um, actually it was Braintree Weymouth line uh, last week. There's um, not There's not supposed to be deer in, Brame- in Braintree or Weymouth. They're supposed uh, to be in the woods somewhere. Well, tell them that. Well, I know. this one was... Um, um, I don't know if you know where Curtis Liquor is. In, yep. on oh, yeah. 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 Well, he was going from a convenience store uh, on one side to the other. I guess he wanted to get there before it closed. Uh, it could be. It could know? be, yeah. 
It was one very. It was it was higher than my car. Good thing uh, it, it, his uh, left uh, rear leg just brushed my bumper. Oh, uh, it was uh, yeah. So uh, it was a little scary. I mean, the thing if he had hit me broadside would have done a lot of damage. Yeah, to there there is. Um, I believe that reported in most of the deer strikes happen down in the Bristol County area, down that way. But I want to say the last year the statistics were like 2015, there was 300 and some odd deer strikes. So, yeah. uh, yeah. In Braintree, we have a lot of them. Yeah, Um, yeah. We wanted to have a deer call, um, but it's really not safe because uh, uh, all the uh, areas that, uh, forested or yeah. you know, in the middle of housing development. Oh, oh I, um, I, I live in I live in a uh, very tightly built residential area, and I came home one night. It was like ten o'clock, and there were three deer in my backyard. And I'm like, what the what the? And they you know they hopped over the little four foot fence I have into the neighbor's yard, and off they went. And I'm like, they don't belong here. And yeah, I mean they're beautiful. I mean, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. I see them. I have a long road into my my place here. Yeah, and I see them grazing, and they're they're really beautiful. oh oh they 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 really are. But it's uh, it I will I will admit of you know all the you know all the things that surprised me. And when I was at I was at the uh, when I used to work out of the AAA headquarters building over in Rockland, which is now an office building surrounded by car dealerships. Um, I was, I was opening up the auto diagnostic center one morning on the way to work. And you know, when you have that sort of feeling that someone's watching you and I turn around and there's a deer about 10 feet away from me. I'm like, and I'm like, I grew up in the city. I'm used to seeing squirrels. I'm not used to seeing a deer. And, and it looked at, and when I turned around, it was sort of shocked, I think, to see me, too. And it, and it hopped off. And there was a good chunk of woods next to that. So that was why. So, uh, you want an oil change or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, something like that. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I had a point of calling because I was on Car ID, and um, I had them once, and uh, I think I got them in AutoZone. They're stick-on, and it's supposed to be a... Uh, it, it sends off a, a sound that repels the deer. Yeah, I think all it is is a, probably a little whistle. That, it's that, it's uh, a it's a deer whistle. Um, yeah. They, um, I I don't think they work. But a yeah, a, a former coworker of mine, we were out we were out in uh, Pennsylvania where he lived, and he lived out in the woods in Pennsylvania, and. Yeah. Uh, I was in, he had a, uh, he had a van, uh, like a big full-size van, and we were out with him and a, another couple, and we were driving along, and he kind of said, oh yeah, I got one over here, got one over here, and I was sitting in the third row, and I couldn't quite hear what they said, and I said, uh, I said, well, got what? And he said, deer, and I said, this is kind of a residential area for deer hunting, and he said, oh no, I got him with my car. And he said, uh, every time I hit a deer, I go out and buy deer whistles for my car, and then I seem like I never hit a deer again. I said, so you're convinced they work? And he goes, I got to tell you, I put them on my car, but unfortunately, I usually put them on my car after I hit the deer. Yeah, so uh, it, yeah, they're they're really inexpensive. I yeah, think, yeah, oh yeah, they're uh, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, they stick on. Yeah, they stick on, and the idea behind them is sort of like a dog whistle. They uh, 
they make a little ultrasonics, you know, outside of what we can hear sort of noise, and that's supposed to, you know, get the deer's attention, I guess. Um, you know, Keith Barry from Consumer Reports, when he was on the show a few weeks ago, um, Consumer Reports did a, you know, who knew Consumer Reports had a sense of humor, but they did a video where Keith was dressed up in a deer costume and, uh, uh, you know, almost gets hit by a car and then reprimands the driver. But he has some tips and, you know, they didn't bring up deer whistles, but I, you know, again, I don't know that they work or they don't work. I just know that, uh, that this guy said he swears he swears by him, but he always kind of forgets to put him on until after he hits the deer. But I, I might try it again. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. The auto zone. But, but this one is coming from the side. I'm not sure how what the spectrum of the uh, sound is. Um, had I been going faster, it would have been yeah a, a collision. But no, uh, and, and the and the deer really kind of dusk and dawn. They kind of like the cooler times of the day, and they're yeah. usually crossing from one side of the street to the other, looking for water and and food and. Uh, the, the bad thing is they kind of travel in packs sometimes. So if you see one and you go, whew, I don't, and then all of a sudden another one comes out of the woods. And so you, you have to be careful. I remember I was um, driving to work one morning on Route 95, and there's a, there's a, um, a big, um, it's not even really a billboard. It's a, I think it says entering Attleboro or something. It used to be, used to be a sign for that, uh, the company that made all the rings, uh, uh, oh, Balfour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, used to be a sign for them. And I look over, and it looked like a Chris, Christmas postcard. There was probably six or seven deer on the sign display, and they were sitting and standing. I'm like, oh, isn't that cute? It looks like they made a little Christmas display with the fresh snow and the, the you know, uh, you know something a bush that looked like a Christmas tree. And then I saw them all move. And I'm like, oh. You know, so, yeah, there are deer everywhere, so you're absolutely right. This is a good reminder to be careful and, you know, and yeah. watch out. Um, yeah, I, uh, as I said, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Uh, one thing for sure, I, I guess I still have good peripheral vision because it, it something caught my eye yeah. right from the, on the, would have been the passenger side. Yep. And, um, and I was able to. Yeah, there, there, there are a couple, down. yeah, there are a couple places near where I live that uh, one street has, a, 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 I think it's a body shop or something on the bottom of it, and then up the street is all residential, but there's a big chunk of woods in the middle. And more than once I've seen a deer, you know, you know, jumping, you know, jumping across that road. And then another area near where I live is near some power lines. And the same thing, they sort of hang out in the power lines and, you know, decide to cross the street and same, same kind of thing. So you have to be real careful and you have to, you know, this time of year during deer rutting season, I guess it's what it's called. You have to, uh, you have to, um, you know, I guess for deer romances in the air. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, this, Den- uh, Dennis just laughed in disgust when I said yeah. that. So. Well, I have to cross power lines to get into where I am. I yeah. mean, they, they go from, you know, yeah. probably down to, down to, down to Florida, uh, these, these huge power and they do. And I, if I'm coming in at night, uh, talk, you talked earlier about headlights. I hmm. I always have them on, on high beams. Yep, absolutely. At least in that section. And we all do, I notice, mm-hmm. in the condo section. And um, because the, the regular lights just aren't uh, enough. And yep. actually, on my low beams, uh, I have a little device that came with the car. It's a little curl up, and I can adjust the uh, the tilt of, of the low beams. Oh. Um, oh, maybe you know, 20 degrees. Mm. 
uh, I don't know how much, you know, it's a nice little accessory, mm. but it's still not enough, mm. uh, particularly around the power line. Yeah. Just, no, when, when, the ro- when the roads are dark like that and it's sort of, um, you know, even when they're not, but when it's sort of deer season, driving with your high beams on, just so you can see what's going and what's coming and it makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, like you said, for the 5 or $6 investment for some deer whistles, Put them on, give them a try. What's you know you 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 have probably wasted five dollars in your life before on something. I'm sure I would. We'll do it again. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so uh, good confirmation. That's what I yeah. put on my do to do list for today, and um, and uh, stick them on. Well, there you They're go. Really easy. All and right. Uh, thank you. All right. Thanks, Paul. Christmas, you, you as well. Bye bye. bye. 617-770-3030. This is an oddly interesting story a japanese startup run by former engineers for for toyota and suzuki is launching a small electric car that can float during flooding caused by tsunamis and typhoons i guess i would not have thought that far ahead um heidi not even going to try CEO from FOM Corporation, F-O-M-M, designed a car in the aftermath of the 2011 tsunami that killed more than 18,000 people in Japan, including many who died while stuck in traffic, the Times of London reported. Uh, At least 30 people have died in their cars during typhoons in the past two months, said the newspaper. The FOM 1, slated to go on sale next spring, is a semi-amphibious four-seater with a turbine blades in its wheels, that allow it to move at two miles an hour in the water. It's an electric car. It has a 100-mile battery range and top speed of about 50 miles an hour. The car um, unveiled its prototype at the Tokyo Motor Show this past October. It's expected to cost about $20,000 or 2.2 million yen, I guess. Um, the company said it has gotten about 1,600 orders in Thailand, which often experiences widespread flooding. Interesting. Well, the Beetle floated, the original one. Uh, it wasn't designed to. Sort of was. Well, I mean, it was designed to be sort of. Sort of. But I mean, the idea is yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't designed to run. Exactly. Where this one apparently is designed to run, and the wheels are, have like veins on them, so the wheels act as sort of propellers kind of thing. So. I'm thinking you push on the accelerator and the wheels spin wildly and it's enough to get it to go at two miles an hour. Could be my next car. I don't know. Sure. Kind of interesting. What does it look like? Oh. Kind of looks like a smart car. Yep. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, another car that I can't fit into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you could fit in a smart car. Has a lot of headroom. Yeah. You wouldn't. They're pretty small. It's not the headroom that gets me. It's the legroom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I was talking. I was talking to uh, Junior D'Amato yesterday, and we got talking about Real ID, the new enhanced driver's license. That uh, if you're uh, going to um, travel domestically, and you don't want to carry a passport with you, after October of 2020, you were going to need an enhanced driver's license, Real ID, and if you or if you have to go into a federal building so for instance i i wonder how this would work though if you get called for federal jury duty 
and you didn't have a passport or a real ID, you're automatically exempt from jury duty because you can't get into the federal building? I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but there are some, I don't want to call them issues. There are some, you have to follow the rules to get the real ID. Or even just your driver's license renewed. Before, you used to walk up to the counter with your driver's license and say, I want to renew this. Now you still need to prove um, residency. Or you still need to prove that you're here in the country legally. And um, if you don't have a birth certificate, you're in trouble. And if you were born outside of the country, it becomes difficult. If you don't have immigration papers and a green card and naturalization papers, it can become a challenge. I just didn't. I'm trying to figure out what I had to have a utility. Yep. Do you have passport. a passport? Yeah. If you have a passport, you're pretty much all set. Um, women who have taken their husband's name and they have a birth certificate, and if their passport is in their maiden name and not in their married name, now, all of a sudden, the stuff doesn't match, and it becomes complicated. Wait. So you said birth certificate, and then you said passport. Yeah. So if the birth certificate is obviously in their maiden name, yep. and the passport's in their maiden married, name, maiden uh, name, name. Oh, okay. and then they got married, and then they go, I want real ID, and they go, um, this stuff, you got to go and get a marriage certificate that says what your name is after marriage, and if you decided to... You know, if you decide to take your spouse's name, well, that makes it. But if you didn't and the paperwork all doesn't line up, it can become a little complicated. And marriage licenses outside of the United States don't count. So, for instance, say you and Libby decided that you wanted to get married in Jamaica. And you got married and you come back and you say, oh, I want to get real ID and she goes and she says, here's my marriage license, and it's from Jamaica. They go, eh-eh. Awesome. Yeah. Destination weddings? Yeah. No more. Yeah, destination weddings, you need Justice to get- of the you, peace and then go. Yeah, you need to get married here still. So there are some, there are some issues, and at AAA, we do the, we, you know, if you're a AAA member, we do the real ID stuff. And um, what's nice is that- um, I was at our Westwood office yesterday. They were slammed. I got there at 10 minutes to 9 in the morning. Literally, there was a line the length of the building waiting for people to get in. And 90% of them were waiting there to get either driver's license renewals. And even the renewal, you need to have, you need to proof of residency. It's not residency. Proof of something. So you need to, you know, you need to prove that you belong here. And even though you've had a driver's license for 50 years, it's not good enough. You need to prove that you have a raise, you need to have a raised seal birth certificate. So when my, I got the real ID. Yep. Um, so when my, mine expires next time I have to go back in, I can't do no, it online anymore? No, no, then you're fine. Oh, okay. Once you have it, you have it. Okay. Yep. You went through all the work. Um, my license expires next May on my birthday. In Massachusetts, you can renew your driver's license up to a year early. So in June, I was at one of our AAA offices. I figured I'd sneak in early before the office opened. 
of course, the RMV computer was down that day. So it actually wasn't bad. I waited. The, there was a line at 9 o'clock. It was gone at 9.30. It was fine. Um, but I renewed my driver's license early, brought all the necessary documents. Um, I don't have a Social Security card. I have a Social Security number. I don't know where my card is. It, when I got my Social Security card, it was sort of like you were told to do two things. You were told to either memorize your Social Security number and then eat the card or else uh, go laminate it so it wouldn't wear out. And they don't like the they laminate. Don't, they don't take the laminate. And every little department store, because I'm old, I remember little department stores like Zares and Kings and Caldors, and they all had Social Security card laminating machines out front. So you get them in 10, too. Yeah, yeah. They don't count. Nope. Nope. So, so you can't have a laminated Social Security card. But if you have a W-9 form or tax statement or something like that, that with something with your Social Security number on it, you're fine. So, um, so I brought all my stuff, and so I got my real ID, and I was nice and early, and it was all good. The um, my wife's license doesn't expire till twenty twenty two, but she decided she wanted to do it, so she paid twenty five dollars for sort of what is the equivalent of a license renewal. So you know, if you lose your driver's license, you want to get a duplicate, cost twenty five bucks. Well, she did that. And so hers is all real ID'd now, too. And she did the same thing. She took her passport and whatever other stuff she needed to bring with her and went and had it done and just made it a little bit easier. But there are, um, there are forms. There's a renewal form you need to do. And at all of our AAA offices and online, you can get um, the, the instructions. You know, you need, you know, three of these and two of these, and you bring enough stuff, and and it gets done. And it, and it's as long as you follow the instructions, and you but you have to follow the instructions exactly. If it says you need an original birth certificate, bringing a photocopy of a birth certificate is not good enough. So, you know, you need a copy of your marriage license. Oh, well, a copy's okay. Um, you need an original Social Security card, not a photocopy of it. Uh, Somebody said they had a Social Security card that got wet. I'm not sure it got wet. It looked like they photocopied it on top of a card. So it looked kind of right, but it didn't look completely right. And, you know, Um, so, and it's not us making up the rules, it's a registry and we just follow the rules. So, mm-hmm. but we try to make it as nice as possible. And like yesterday, as big as the line was in Westwood, the office manager, Donna, who's just fantastic. She walks the line and says, are you here for real ID? Let me see all your stuff. Oh yeah, you're good. Here for real ID? Uh, yeah, no, you're going to need this. Go back home, go get it. So at least you're not waiting in line to find out you don't have all the stuff you need. And she would go and she would go through them and kind of paper clip them in order, like the way that you're going to need them when you show up at the end. So that way the person who shows up at the end knows that they're all verified, ready to go. Uh, I was in Rockland yesterday. There was probably in the afternoon, late afternoon, there was probably one or two people continually in line, but nothing, nothing that was bad, you know, made it, made it fairly easy. But yeah, if you are going to fly domestically in, after October of next year, and you don't have a passport, and you want to go like the person that read the Globe today, you want to go to Florida for four months, start next October, you're going to need real ID or a passport, or you ain't flying. So, 
Now, do the real IDs allow you to cross into Canada and Mexico, or do you still need a passport? Because at one point, all you needed was your license. Um, there's an enhanced ID on top of that one that allows you to go to Canada or Mexico uh, or a passport. Uh, I went to Canada years ago, drove through, they drove through, yep. came back five hours later, stopped at customs. Where are you going? Home. Where's your documentation? Like, here's my driver's license. They're like, what else you got? I'm like, driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, come on inside. And I went inside, and they just had to verify a few things. And I guess the question was, how long were you here for? I'm like, I don't know, a few hours? <laughs> and they're like, why? And I'm like, it's too expensive. I said I was going to stay overnight, but I went into some hotel in Montreal, and it was like $400 a night. I'm like, I'm not staying. So I turned around and I'm going to Vermont instead. And they're like, uh Sounds a little suspicious. <laughs> so, so as I walked into the office, I still remember there was a sob in the like garage, and a guy handcuffed to a chair, <laughs> and his sob was all apart. The door panels were off of it, and and I'm looking, at, and he goes, "No, no, we just got to run your number. You're fine." You know, and I'm like, okay. He's, and he looks at me. He said, "You didn't even buy a T-shirt or anything." I'm like, nothing, <laughs> no, nothing. nothing. I, said, I said, I just drove up, drove around, looked at the big city, and just went into two different hotels, checked the prices. They were too expensive for me. I'm leaving. And he looks at, <laughs> and he kind of did the same thing. But it was, it was going to be like, like five hundred a night American money or something. And I'm like, I'm not. And it was, I, I was working in Vermont, and I was working in. I don't know, as far up in Vermont as you could get where it said Canada coming soon. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Canada, see what, see what Canada's like. And I didn't realize to get to any place in Canada took like another two hours worth of driving to get to any kind of city. Because other than that, it was just a bunch of farms. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that was a waste of a day. <laughs> then I, stayed, then I, I went back to... Uh, what was the name of the town in Vermont? White River Junction, Vermont. And I stayed in the President Nixon suite. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. President somebody. Nixon? Sure. Reagan? It was one of those somebody. And apparently what they did, they knew the president was coming to this Holiday Inn or whatever the heck it was. And they literally took the wall down between the two rooms to make it like one big room. And then they put the wall back up. But they called it the suite still because it was once. And uh, and it was, I think it was $48 for the night or something. So there's my, there's, my, there's my passport story. And the last time I went to Mexico, I had a passport. And um, for that, we're going into Mexico. They checked our passport and stamped it. And they had sort of a button you push. And if you got green, you went right through. If you got red, they had to, like, go through all your stuff. So I was like, and I'm like, this is, like, a, this is interesting. It's like, click, click, you know. And, and Yeah, I went to my, the one and only time that I've 
been to Mexico. I my this was um, ninety nine or two thousand. Um, my brother was a customs agent down in Nogales, Arizona, and my wife and I we walked in, and Nogales is in Texas. No, Arizona. Okay, um, and we walked in, and like just seeing the border back then was amazing. You'd see on the Mexican side, it was all these tin huts all along the mountainside. And on the American side, it's nice big houses, Burger King and all this stuff. And it's a fence. And then we walked into just through and I'm like, all right, I was there for like 20 minutes and I walked, my wife and I walked back out. I bought a, a, one of those stone chess sets mm. that they have down yeah. there, Aztec style chess sets. And even though my brother was a customs agent, I could I obviously couldn't go through his line. Yeah. So I went through another line and they were giving me a hard time because they knew my brother was the customs agent. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> They're like, what's this? They're like looking at every individual piece. I'm like, seriously? And then um went to Canada a couple times. Mm. Last time was with my son in twenty ten before all this stuff happened. Yeah. And I don't know. It was fun. But um yeah. On the way back from that Nogales trip though, um, Actually, it was the second time we went. It wasn't Nogales. It was the second time we went to Arizona. It was right after September 11th. Well, shortly after September 11th. Like because of my last name, I got my. It was just me and my wife. I got pulled out of the line at the check-in spot, like when you, hmm. the first check-in spot. I got pulled out of the line, and then as we're boarding the plane, they say the following people need to come to this special room, and I was one of them again. So I got pulled out. And my wife's going in, and she's. And I'm like, just save me a seat. I'll be there in a few minutes. <laughs> if the plane goes, just go home. I'll see you when I get there. Did you say you're half Irish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my wife actually got pulled uh, pulled aside to go into the special room one time. I said, what? She said, oh, they had to, like, frisk me and whatever. And, no, and then, oh, and when we went to Disney the last time, which is now several years ago, my son was a little little and me and my son went through and my the rest of like it was like libby a friend of mine and um, my mom they were still back in the line and they're like oh we have to bring you over here just you sir and i'm like my son Mm -hmm. they're like just you and one of the other agents like oh he has a he has a little boy with him though and they're stuck over they're like five people back yeah and he's like all right bring the kid i had to stick my finger in the little thing for the bomb sniffing stuff yeah other people have the name Selfie in my party, and they don't get pulled aside. <laughs> I have no, don't know, don't know why. Ooh, I just gave my last name over there. You air. did actually, yeah, Ooh. yeah. You did that last week too, by the way. I Two did. weeks ago, something okay, like that. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you give your last name all the time. Uh, <laughs> and people go, "What's your real last name?" I'm like, "That's it. That's it. That's it." Why don't we take another break? Phone lines are open at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Remember, next week we are going to be at Auto Toys in Randolph, uh, right on Main Street in Randolph, uh, not too far from the highway. Stop on by. Stop in. Say hi. Uh, it's a it's a great little shop. Uh, every time I'm there, it seems like the same crew is working there. He must uh, take care of his help. Uh, our phone number is 617-770-3030. Phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a car that I haven't driven in a long time, a Cadillac. Oh, 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. I'm pretty sure that's the Sonomatics. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Craig Fitzgerald, uh, uh, editor of Best Ride, and uh, actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> and and so, well, they're they're sort of a for a live recording. Yeah, they're sort of a weird uh, rockabilly surf rock something. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, they're. This is automatics, and they play in the Worcester area from time to time. So that's all I know. I haven't heard from Craig lately. Gotta go check. Gotta go check on him. See what he's up to. Although I will see him Tuesday. This is the uh, the New England Motor Press holiday get together this Tuesday. So pretty. Is exciting. he going to come in and host again sometime? Uh, only if I'm on vacation. Uh, I think that's the only time I've ever had that happen. Yeah, um, and I was on vacation in, like, you were out of, like, region. Oh, yeah, the last time uh, I had a, I was going to Florida, but it was a Saturday flight. Yes, so I that's what it was, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, and it was, uh, I was taking advantage of forty nine ninety five or whatever it was for a Saturday <laughs> flight, so, uh, I, I mean, it seems silly to spend $300 when you can spend 50 yeah, I just question those planes. <laughs> the same as every other plane. They're just tighter. You wouldn't fit well. <laughs> but, you know, like there was a woman sitting next to me. She was relatively tall. I would say she was 5'10 or so. And they, she was part of a girl's weekend, her term, not mine. And she's like, you know, for the $60 it costs to go each way to, I think they were going to, I mean, they were landing in Fort Myers, but they were kind of staying in that area. And she said, for the short amount of money, I'll be uncomfortable for three hours. I have a really hard time being uncomfortable yeah. for that long. And they, and they went down They went down for, uh, they went down down for from, like, Sunday to, you know, something. So they only went down for a few days. Let's take some calls. Let's stop playing around here. Let's talk to uh, Michael. Mike, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, sir. Thank you. Yourself? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay for a, a chilly chilly morning. At, uh, the, uh, uh, it kind of took my breath away when I walked outside this morning. It was a little cooler yeah, than Yeah, a little scraping if you're yeah. outside. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> John, I have a question about gasoline formulas, winter okay. versus summer. Should uh, you only put, you know, the winter formula in your snowblower and, you know, the summer in your lawn tractor, or does it really matter one way or the other, please? Um, if you had leftover winter gas and you put it in your lawnmower, probably nothing's going to happen. If you had okay. leftover summer gas and you put it in your snowblower, it will start eventually, but not always right away. So you might go out there. I did this a few years ago. Um, I had, I filled up my gas can with, uh, with gas probably in... September or so and I always add a little bit of gas stabilizer to my gas can just because and we got an early snowstorm and it got cold and I was out and I at the time I had the luxury or misfortune of having two snowblowers um, one was one was a little one that um, one of those like little Toro ones which I still have and one was this other one that sort of came out of a junk pile, but it actually ran pretty well. 
The little one, I pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled until I pretty much thought I was going to dislocate my shoulder, and I gave up on it. And the big one had an electric start, so I just held the electric start button in it. And I tried starting it by hand like I normally did, and it wouldn't, nothing. It started by, started with the electric starter, and I think cranking over it got hot enough that it finally fired up, and when it did, it, it was fine. But I was like, that was weird. And um, I did finally get this little one going, and... Um, I think it was a few days later, the temperatures warmed up, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? It started up, it always started up on the first or second pole, and then when the temperature warmed up, it started right up, and then the next time we had a cold day, it didn't start back up, so then I took that gasoline and poured it in my car and went and got a fresh gas can full of gas, and it, and it was fine afterwards. So um, it's a good idea before wintertime comes to um, uh, put fresh gasoline in a gas can add a little bit of gas stabilizer to it so it doesn't suck up too much moisture and then uh and then you're ready for winter you know going the other way the um winter gas tends to start easier in cold in, in cold weather it fires off easier um why you don't use winter gas in the summertime in a car you can have some vapor locking problems the other issue is that winter gasoline because of the heat it tends to expand and and, and kind of fumes go off into the atmosphere. So summer gasoline is less polluting, um, but it's also, um, but, it, but it also doesn't tend to vapor lock where winter gasoline starts at lower temperatures. So there's the story. Okay. okay. And so then it would not be a good idea if you've got a little summer gas, say like a, you know, quarter of a, a gas can to fill the rest of it up with winter. That would probably no. I, I would I would put that quarter of a gas can in the tank of your car, and then okay. uh, and then go uh, then go you know fill your car and then go fill the gas can. All right. Which is Thanks, what I'm going to really... do. Which is what I'm going to do today. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Thank you very All right. much. I appreciate it. All right, sure thing. Yeah, Take bye care. Bye bye. Let's talk to uh, Tom or Tim. 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 Let's talk to Tim. Tim. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm all right. Okay. I just want to wish you and your family a happy Christmas. Well, thank you very much. I've been a big fan of yours, and you've helped me many times throughout well, the years. Well, well, Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Thank you, John. Uh, just one question. I, I know you don't uh, approve of silicone on uh, the strips around the door to keep them from freezing. What oh, would you recommend? No, I do. I do. Uh, I do oh, actually. Do? Yeah, it's, but spray it on. Spray it on like a rag, and then wipe okay. it around. Wipe it around the gasket. That's that's fine. Um, what okay. I don't approve of is when people go and they use uh, like cooking spray and. Grease oh, right, and okay. stuff like that, because because it's going to get uh, it's going to get all over you. So no, just right. uh, just um, you know, it's it's fine. A little bit of you know, spray some spray some silicone on there. Wipe it wipe it around the gasket. That's just enough to keep the moisture. It beads the moisture up so you can get in the car doors every morning. Beautiful. I and and the other much. thing is, if you have depends on what kind of seats you have in your car, uh, and kind of what kind of clothes you wear, I guess. Um, if you have some of that um, anti-static spray they have for, like, uh, clothes. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yeah, spray that on the seats and the carpet. It'll keep you from getting static electric shocks. Great. <laughs> oh, I could use a shock, I suppose. I spray every, every once in a while, me too. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. All right. Man. All right. Take care now, and uh, Merry Christmas. Yep. You Thank as well. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 
617-770-3030. And someone called up and said, hey, you're going to be giving away tickets to the Boston Auto Show. Yes. Where are they? I don't know. I was talking to the guy from the Boston Auto Show a couple weeks ago, and he said, I'll, I'll get you a whole pile of tickets to give away. Well, I haven't seen them yet. So, but the Boston Auto Show is coming up, and I believe, I know, I think, that I will be broadcasting live from the auto show on that Saturday. It's Martin Luther King weekend, and because you were, you were around? I believe so. Okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, Martin Luther King weekend because it is also the student skills competition that the Mass Auto Dealers put together. So they have asked me last year if I could go there and help. And I said, I really can't because I do the show. And they said, oh, can you do the show from there and then help afterwards? I'm like, great. Yeah, that's it. And it's a, it's a, it's a it, you know, anytime I can do stuff with kids, it's great. In fact, I, it, was my, uh, it was my anniversary this past Thursday. Yeah, some anniversary. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay, here's the deal. <laughs> this this was my week this week. Joanne always asked me on Sunday, are you going to be home every night this week? Because I'm not always home every night. And I said, no, I'm not going to be home Tuesday and Thursday night. To which she <laughs> went, Thursday night, our anniversary? You went, oh, crap. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and... Uh, I said, yeah, Tuesday night, um, Rockland Police Department actually nominated their highway superintendent as a traffic safety hero for a program that we do at AAA, and they couldn't make the award ceremony down at, we actually did it at the hotel down at Gillette, and uh, uh, all the cops got to wear the Super Bowl rings. Ooh. Which they actually, kind of, no, that's, that's, that was kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and... Um, so we, but they couldn't make it. So um, they asked if the police chief asked if I could come and present the award at the selectmen's meeting. Like, yeah, sure. And I said to my wife, why don't you come along? I'll pick you up on the way home. Come along and then we'll go out to eat afterwards. Yeah, okay. So um, we got there around quarter of seven, I guess, and sat with the police chief and the deputy chief and the guy who got the award, chit-chatted a little bit, went to the meeting, had to sit through about 15 minutes of, you know, all in favor of, you know, that sort of stuff. Get up, did my little thing, and then left when we went and got something to eat. On Thursday, there was um, an advisory board chairperson's meeting for Weymouth High School. And I'm on the automotive, I'm the chairman of the automotive advisory board. So, and this meeting kind of came up as short notice. And it was, a, it was a small meeting because it was just the chair people. It wasn't all the members and all that stuff. But it was a, their school committee and the head of the vocational department and the principal of the school and all that. So um, I said to my wife, why don't we go? And I said, I don't even think they serve food at this one because this is a kind of quick in and out. And, and they did have – they actually did have uh, uh, some wrap sandwiches, some clam chowder, and some cookies. So – we had some clam chowder, and people do like clam chowder. I know. Uh, I don't you understand. Just don't. Yeah. And then, uh, and then um, I did what I had to do for the committee, and uh, and then we went to uh, we went to uh, precinct precinct ten afterwards. So. Um, so we went to you know fairly. I think it's a fairly nice restaurant. So we so we went so we went there and uh, and. Uh, 
we had a nice dinner there. So no we had a little we had a little appetizer at the school and did all the stuff at the school and we went from there. So it was all good. Is everything okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. No worries. Okay. I but yeah, over here. so we went to Precinct 10. You've, you've been there, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that barbecue board that they That's have? That's what we had. Oh, my God. That is so so good. Yeah, we had... We I had, don't think I've had anything else there. Yeah, we had, we had the... Uh, we had the... We, we had a calamari appetizer, which was really good. We had the barbecue board, mm. and then we split some kind of apple tart thing for dessert. Oh, I think I had that once, too. That was pretty, it was pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. And there was some band playing in the corner, and so it was, it was a nice night. So it was fine. So I got out of trouble. Let's talk to uh, Rick. Hey Rick. there. Hey there. How are you? Okay. Hey, I got a crazy uh, custom story for you. Okay. About All right. Go ahead. Customs. This was 50 years ago. I was on a charter flight. Uh, the Army had chartered a flight. Yep. We flew across, we flew across the U.S., then we flew up to uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. And... We were surrounded by a bunch of law enforcement vehicles. They took us into a custom area. We had to take everything out of our pockets, open up our pants and pockets and everything. Went into a, one guy at a time went into a room with two MPs. We were frisked. They went through everything, opened up you know, coffee jars and stuff like that. They saw we were trying to smuggle drugs into Vietnam. Ah! Huh. They didn't know all the drugs come from Vietnam? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, almost a whole plane load, including me, were returnees. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so well. We knew, so we knew what we were getting into. You know, we were happy-go-lucky, joking around. Yep. And the crew thought, this is too strange. These guys must be stoned. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got nothing that compares to that, so... Rick, always a pleasure. Well, I uh, wish, wish you guys a merry Christmas uh, and a happy well, we, new year. We, we got we got we got weeks to go before Christmas. I haven't I haven't bought a single thing. So no no we'll, we won't rush the season yet. Okay. All right. Thanks, Rick. Merry okay, Christmas to you too. All, All right. right. Let's. I think we're going to Tom now. Tom. Tom. Here I am. There you are. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Give me a few seconds. This phone system isn't the most up-to-date phone system in the world. It's not like a little button I can push. I think it's <laughs> pretty. Like it's three it's, buttons. It's pretty up-to-date. Yeah, you push the button, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you got a question? I have a friend that has a uh, 2007 Toyota pickup truck. Okay. And I have the old 2004 Ford Ranger. Mm-hmm. We both use synthetic oil. We mm -hmm. both change our oil somewhere between 35 and 55 mm -hmm. hundred miles. Mm -hmm. His comes out clean almost all the time. Mine comes out dirty. He, I have um, about 90,000 miles on mine. He has about 170 miles, 170,000 miles on his. Why does his come out so clean? And I change mine same time as he does mm. and mine's well, always dirty and i say i change the oil filter we use you know the same yeah, filter yeah well it's either it's does. either your engine has some sludge in it somewhere 
and is still washing the sludge away, or else combustion-wise, your engine, because it's a little bit older, runs a little bit dirtier, which tends to get the oil a little bit dirty. But dirty oil's fine. Dirty oil just means it's doing its job. I don't mind when oil's dirty. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Like, okay. No, no, I don't, I don't, you know. I had somebody check my oil level, and I says, can you check it to see how it's doing? Yeah. Because I had had the battery replaced yeah. uh, just recently, and they said, yeah, it's dirty, but it's fine. Yeah. It's like, no, well, that's dirt, a good thing. Dirt, dirty's fine. Dirty, dirty just means it's doing its job. Good. You know, because it's, it's trapping the, it's trapping the, dirt and other contaminants in it so when it drains out it takes all that stuff with it it's better than have it sitting in the engine there are people that will tell you that really clean oil isn't doing this job the way it should interesting yes. yeah yeah but i i mean i kind of split the difference i'm like i'm like if it's dirty and it's you know as long as it doesn't smell like gasoline because then i'd then i'd worry that it's getting it's getting diluted but if it's just dirty i that's fine would you wait the normal time period oh yeah yeah absolutely not a problem. Nope. Let's talk about something uh, quickly, another situation. You talked to Junior. Yep. He closed down the other shop in Boston, right? He did. He did. He, he decided, so he decided after... Time? He, <laughs> he decided after 50 <laughs> years of commuting in and out of Boston, he had enough. <laughs> I um, said, boy, I mean, the hours he used to put in between there and Middleborough. Oh, yeah. He never... He never uh, you know, it, you know, he, he, you know, I don't know how many years ago, 25 years ago, he decided to close on Saturdays and extend his hours a little bit on Monday through Friday, you know, open it up at seven right. yeah. uh, or even earlier. Um, and, you know, kind of making up for the Saturdays. So he at least he have a weekend and then he bought the shop in Middleborough and then started working Saturdays. So, um, so mm. yeah, so now he, uh, he has a, you know, he has about a four-mile commute to get back and forth yep, to work. Definitely, and yep. uh, the late and, Yeah, and still, and still, you know, works on Saturdays, and uh, and he he doubled the size. Well, when he first bought the shop in Middleborough, he added onto the front of it, so he kind of made double-length bays, and now he's added onto the back of it, and there's a whole second shop behind it, uh, connected oh. to, connected together. So it's a it's a gigantic shop now. So he took his guys from he took his guys from Hyde Park, and they're working in sort of the back side of the shop, and his Middleborough guys are working in the front side of the shop, and it all works together. So, well, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I haven't been down there since he did that. I mean, I go back. Well, we haven't been to the diner across the street. Oh, okay, Dave's, Dave's diner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually, I go over to aggravate Junior for a little bit and say hello. And yeah, no, all that good stuff. Now you were talking about getting uh, the real ID. Yep. Do you have to be a AAA member to go to Rockland or any of these other yes, places? Yes, yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you do. Somebody says, "Well, you can go there. You don't even need to be." I said, "Well, no, I yeah, yeah, to bring your AAA yeah. card just to show them." No, even it's just um, yeah, you have to bring a AAA card to. Not only do you have to bring your Social Security card, but now you get. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff you got to bring. I know. Yeah, I know. But even I if know. you're not, even if you're not a member. And you went in and just asked questions if you weren't sure, so you could be, so you made sure. So if you were going to the registry, if yep. you went into, if you went into a AAA office and just said, "Hey, you know, can you just, uh, can I have the f the form and the checklist I need, and can you kind of go over it with me?" I'm sure any one of our AAA customer service people would help you out. I found it uh, a little funny. I had a friend stop over, and he says he went to Brockton to get. Uh 
Israel ID mm-hmm. registry over there. He says the line was probably, he was probably about eighth in line, and somebody's coming along and checking all the different mm-hmm. IDs necessary. And that, he was like eight in line, he ended up being like second in line because so many people didn't have the right Didn't stuff. have the right stuff, that's what happens. Yeah. That's what okay, happens. That's the line went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all no. The signs of the future here. Yeah, it kind of is. kind of is. And it, I, I think you had your license as long as I have. I just realized, I said to my wife this morning, listen to the show, I have my license for over 50 years now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think about it. Long time. I got mine when I was 16. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I, maybe, when you could. maybe I might be a year younger than you. Okay. All right. Well, you're 49 years. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, have a great weekend. You as well. Take Thank care. You. Yep, bye-bye. bye-bye. 617-770-3030. Coming up in the next couple weeks, just so you know, next week, even though we will be at uh, Auto Toys in Randolph, uh, which is always a good time, we are going to be talking with somebody from Hearts, the convertible top manufacturer out in Acton, about soft tops year-round. So he's going to be calling into the show. And I think the week after that, we're going to be talking to a guy about a product called Wax Oil, which is a undercoating-type material. And I've never been a fan of undercoating. Wax Oil has made me a fan of undercoating. So we're going to be talking to them. This is a, it's a new company. It's only been around for about 50 years in Switzerland, where they have snow and ice. Uh, let's talk to Peter. We haven't talked to Peter in a long time. Peter, good morning. Peter? Peter hung up. Oh, okay, so we that aren't going to talk to Peter thunk. at all. That's all right. That's all right. That's okay. All right. My feelings are hurt a little bit, but no, It's I'll too late over. to take calls now anyway, so. Fine. Um, Volkswagen claims that it hold their EV pricing after credits. Uh, Volkswagen of America CEO Scott Keogh laid out a broader uh, unifying theory the German automaker's pricing plans for the coming lineup of electric vehicles, saying the company believes... Its huge global scale uh, will be able to absorb the loss of federal tax credits for EV buyers uh, to keep net consumer prices stable. Speaking uh, on the sidelines of the LA Auto Show, Keo reiterated that the next pricing after tax credits uh, for what will be the brand's first uh, MEB-based EV in the U.S., a compact crossover coming next year called the ID4. Uh, would be a sweet spot. It'll be in the low to mid-30s. You know, cars are getting too expensive. That's all I have to say. They're getting too expensive. I have a couple questions. All right. Because of the undercoating thing. What yep. exactly is undercoating for layman people? I know what it is, but I know the people out there, I was like, what? Like, I, I usually say that when I don't know the answer either. <sighs> I know what it is, but for the other people, just no, explain. No, I, I mean, I know it's... They spray sealants it, and yeah. It used to be kind of Atari-based. Well, even going back before that, um, people undercoated cars literally with old waste oil, which would be old anyway. Um, so the stuff um, back when they were called grease monkeys, mm-hmm. one of the reasons was because when you got your oil change in your car, you were literally in a pit, and a good oil change you would take a like one of those uh, garden sprayer things, you pump up, and you would put old oil in it, and you would spray it all underneath the car. So the person spraying it was pretty dirty and greasy afterwards, so hence the term grease monkey. And that would keep your car from rusting away. 
And then they did things like Rusty Jones and, and Z-Bart. Yeah, and those. those were sort of a tar-based, gooey-based sort of stuff. Mostly kind of a tar-based sort of product. The wax oil, and there's a company in New Hampshire, there's a company that sounds like it's out of New Hampshire, New Hampshire Oil Systems, which isn't actually in New Hampshire. Well, started in New Hampshire, but um, which isn't oil either. But that's a comp- that's a product you can spray on your car, prevents rusting, but you need to come back periodically. Wax oil is a rubber-type product. It's a very thin rubber product that it stays really flexible. So unlike some of the tar-based ones that can crack and actually get moisture to build up between the body and the undercoating, uh, this is a lot thinner and more flexible, and it still sprays on black. They also have a product that fogs the inside of the doors and fenders, so you can you know, take this little skinny tube and you put it up through the drain holes in the doors and you spray inside the doors and it coats the inside of the doors so the doors don't rot up. Because there's moisture, there's water that always, you know, you put the windows up and down. That's not a perfectly tight seal, so water goes in the door, comes out the bottom. This stuff doesn't clog up the drain holes, but it prevents the rust from building up inside there. And here in New England, we are blessed with the idea. We live in the highest acid rain area in the country. Woohoo! Uh, because all the junk from the smokestacks in like the mid, Michigan, yeah, all that yep. come this way. Just everything goes west east, so fads and trends and pollution. Yep. So it all comes this way. Wasn't, so, I'm sorry. Wasn't there um, a big court case against Rusty Jones at one oh, yeah. point? Yeah, because it didn't work. <laughs> not that it didn't work. It didn't always get done. So people were sort of paying for it, and a lot of cars today have cars today have really good rust proofing. Uh, but for some people who do, you know, the, the the other issue is it used to be in bad weather we put sand on the roads, then we put sand and salt on the roads, then we put calcium chloride, which is salt, and then we put magnesium chloride, which is awful. Magnesium chloride just dissolves metal, and but it works really good to keep ice from forming because it lowers the water temperature. That's the thing about salt. Salt adds traction, but it also, when it melts into the water, it's like antifreeze and it lowers the temperature what the water will freeze at. Magnesium chloride does the same thing, but magnesium chloride is why the bridges are falling down. Yep. Because it eats right through all the metal in the bridges. Hey, look, it's Bobby Brooks right over there. Right there, standing right next to me. What is going on, good doctor? Firstly, happy anniversary to you and Joanne. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a a quick forty three years. Yeah, no joke, right? Yeah, it it happened it happened really quick. It just seemed like, um, well, it seemed like uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know. That's what happens. The older we get, the time does go by. I I needed a GPS to find my way in here today. I haven't. You haven't been here. You haven't been here forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. No, my my wife and I, when we we were going to get married, we we paid for our own wedding because we were broke, and we uh, the interesting the place we were going to have it, um, we because I'm a warrior. You know, we went in a month before and checked on everything. Everything's Mm -hmm. good. Went in two weeks before, checked on everything. Everything's good. Went in a week before, and the uh, I said, well, we're here to see Bobby and Dennis about our wedding. And they said, oh, you got a wedding in a week? I said, yeah. <laughs> and they said, yeah, Bobby and Dennis were just renting a place. Oh, and they beautiful. left. Yeah, we love that. Story. And they left. That's great. And they left with the appointment book, all the booze in the bar, and all the food in the freezer. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I said, uh, do we still have a wedding? 
And they said, well, we'll give you the space. Uh, you know, sorry about your deposit. Oh, and, uh, oh but you got to find your own. Back then, everybody had bands. You yeah, know, sure. you got to find your own band. You got to find your own florist. You got to find your own photographer. You got to find your own. And we kind of had half of that stuff done anyway. But uh, so that was sort of uh, that. And what was also interesting, the um, when we came back from our honeymoon, we yeah. both got food poisoning. Beautiful. Uh, so that was fun. And she still married you. And she still married me. And she's still and, with you. And still with me. And I was starting a new job. That's so nice. it wasn't that I was just getting married. I was getting married. I started a new job, and I had food poisoning. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Welcome hey. to married life. I know. I know. Hey, uh, you're filling in for our buddy yeah, Sully today. Yeah, Sully. Yeah, you need a, a little day off. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Get some nice Irish Christmas music all queued up. Fantastic. And then, uh, taking seven 15-year-old girls ice skating at Frog Pond later on. Yikes. How's that? That oh, does, boy. Yeah. That I will not fun. be. On, I will not be on the ice unless they have uh, size eleven double runners for people two hundred and twenty-five pounds and over. Well, uh, God bless you. Yeah, that's I'll all be, I I'll can be say. Streaming the Irish hit parade, listening to that, Matt and Billy. That's that, all I'll be that, doing. That sounds good. And uh, and next week, of course, we're going to be at uh, we're going to be at Auto Toys and Randolph. Yeah, yeah. You're going to you're going to pop in. I might just so pop in and say hello and meet yeah. uh, meet Dave down Dave, there. Dave's and, uh, Dave's a great guy. Yeah. Is his crew. I don't, you know, I haven't been there in a year, but his crew never seems to change. I think we've been there for 10 years. And uh, not much, you know, the same people there all the time. Hey, we got to get going. Uh, the very best in Irish music is coming up with Bobby Brooks, filling in for our buddy Sully and the Irish Hit Parade. So very best in Irish music heard here for the rest of the day and most of tomorrow. So until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>